Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Check out the Hog Talk Podcast, the newest addition to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Find it on hitthatline.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Get on over there and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Hog Talk podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping using the code H-A-W-G at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code H-A-W-G. Razorback fans, be sure and stick around for the second segment of the Hog Talk podcast. Former Hog and NFL safety Kenoy Kennedy is our guest on this Friday episode of the HTP, so don't miss out. Woo pig. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorback, Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and a former <laughs> heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback baseball and the Ladybacks. Two, one. Yo, what is going on, Arkansas Razorback fans, SEC fans everywhere? Welcome to the one and only Hog Talk podcast. I'm Ty Hudson, the Friday host here at the HTP. I I do appreciate you guys downloading and listening. Please don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever, however you're listening. I'm assuming a lot of you are on uh, on Apple. According to our analytics, I believe a lot of you are on Apple. So hey, rate and review. Give us give us a written review. That'd be great. It uh it goes a long ways. It does. And we appreciate it. So a lot to discuss. Arkansas basketball coming off a win. I'm recording this late Wednesday night. Uh, almost midnight, as a matter of fact, on the 20th. Had my post-game live show. A lot of people in there really excited over on the Pictural Network YouTube channel. Really excited that Arkansas pulled their heads out. So we're going to talk about that. We'll also talk a little bit about the Tennessee dumpster fire and how that could affect Arkansas. It is just, it's a mess. Pruitt out the door, and Tennessee just looks like a giant dumpster fire. That's what it looks like. It reminds you of of when Chad Morris 
was fired. Actually, you know what? It reminds me a little bit more of when Brett Bielema was fired. It's what it reminds me more of because you didn't have an athletic director and you see the situation going on at Tennessee with Phil Fulmer stepping down, retiring, whatever the hell he's doing. Oh, no swear jar today. Darn it. Oh, well. Oopsies. Earmuffs, kiddos. Earmuffs. And you saw how things like kind of got promising there with with uh, with the old Brett or or Bert, <laughs> as they call him. What is that? Tiger droppings? Isn't that where they call him, Bert? Bert Bielema. Things were looking really good, and then they just <laughs> they weren't. Those last couple of years were rough. Jeff Long out the door. So that that's what that that's kind of what their situation reminds me of. And I don't, I don't know what to think of Pruitt. I mean, he wasn't our head coach. I'll say for Tennessee, like, man, <laughs> things look so great for a minute there. They were out recruiting everybody, which was curious. And of course, we saw that. We we saw what was going on there. Ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it. McDonald's to go. Brown bag specials with hundred dollar bills in them, handing them over to players, to prospects. Yep. <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit about what's going on with Tennessee and how that could affect Arkansas and recruiting, transfer portal stuff. We'll get into all that. We will. We're not gonna do Discord questions on this one. It's just too late. I don't think that anybody's really up right now. I'm I'm probably the only uh, person awake in the state of Arkansas. I don't know, man. I mean, who wasn't excited after what we saw tonight? Arkansas basketball, and we'll start there. We'll get off to the we'll get to the good stuff right out the gate. I I gotta say, Desi Seals in this game against Auburn. I mean, yeah, Jalen Williams was great. Right, Moses Moody kind of came alive there in the second half a little bit. I think he ended up with five points. I had it right up in front of me. But it was it was really like Desi Seals is why you were in this game, and Jalen Williams, their efforts were so impressive. I was impressed. I really was. Seals struggling a little bit. It's good to see him pull it out. He had a I I think his his game against Auburn. Arkansas's first conference game against Auburn. I think he had a pretty good game. Seals was off the bench, 22 points. He only turned it over once. You love to see that because, like, everybody turned this ball over. Everybody with two starters and and one of your bench guys, Jackson, who didn't really log a whole lot of time. He got five minutes. Golly, when Seals is on fire, when Seals is finding a way, no matter how it is, he he was 8 of 10 at the free throw line, no matter how he's getting his points, as long as he's in double digits, you feel good about Arkansas's chances. I mean, look, Moody was a no-show. He had five rebounds, he had a couple assists, he had a steal, and he had a block. But he turned the ball over a couple times. He didn't get into foul trouble, which, I mean, you know, he doesn't. That's 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 reserved for uh, for Tate who fouled out. Shocker, fouled out, and uh, Devo Davis who got twenty minutes. He had four fouls. He's kind of foul happy too. He turned the ball over too much three times, but Tate turned it over five times. Five times. That's too much. That's just 
that's just kind of how it is. He's a little bit of a liability sometimes, especially when he when he when you think he's going to try and drive inside and do something. Like no, no, no. I saw Arkansas settle for some for some long twos tonight too. That were like I, I'm not a fan of the long twos. I'm just not. Unless you're Jimmy Witt, I'm not a fan of it. And obviously Jimmy Witt's gone. You know, you've had some guys over the years that could knock down the the mid range, but nothing like Witt. Witt was. The mid-range master, I think they called him tonight on on uh, on television on the old tube. But I'm not a fan of the long twos. I thought Arkansas's shot selection in the first half was just frightening. But yeah, I Seals has got to be that guy. And if he's if he's got you and if he's double digits, you feel good about our Arkansas staying in that game because when he heats up, when he's driving the lane, when he's when he's forcing the issue down low, trying to you know just get some get get a freebie or something inside, get someone for a foul. That's when he's at his best, and he's capable of knocking down the threes, right? He didn't he didn't tonight. He was zero for one. So let's go down these numbers really quick. Of course, Auburn's Sharif Cooper. That kid is, I mean, oh my gosh, he's he's a good player. I I, I don't know why they felt the need to remind us that every five seconds. I got so sick and tired of hearing his name. I get it. He's a baller. He had the most points in this game. He had 25 points. He knocked down a couple of of a couple of uh three-pointers. He was 5 of 6 at the free throw line. He got some rebounds. He had four assists. He he was big time for them. But like Thor had a hell of a game. This dude had two blocks, three steals, five rebounds, double-digit points. I mean, you know, and he did that in 25 minutes, but like you wouldn't think anybody else played for these guys. I thought Arkansas did. I think Arkansas was fine with Cooper doing what Cooper does. It was like, we'll force the issue on defense with them. We'll let Cooper do his thing. So going down the numbers, Auburn shot 25 of 58 from the floor, 43%. They were 7 of 23 at three-point range. Out in the perimeter, they had a couple of open looks, but most of their shots were contested. That was also something no one's really talking about. That was some of Arkansas's best perimeter defense we've seen all year. Conference play or not, especially in conference play. I mean, yeah, they were still 7 of 23. They still were around. They were just south of 31% shooting out there, out at three-point land. But like most of their shots looked pretty contested to me. But they were seven to twenty-three. Where it hurt them, where it hurt them, and I should have brought this up on the hog talk. They didn't get out rebounded by a lot. It was the it was free throw shooting. I think at the end of the day is what is what Bruce Pearl's going to look at and say. You make a few of those. Who knows? We probably win this game. You're sixteen to twenty-four at the free throw line. You're sixty. You're south of sixty-seven percent. Their bench production could have been better outside of Franklin with his uh, two blocks, four rebounds. Uh, he was really your only true producer. Their bench, they didn't get a lot out of their bench. They rotated like 10 guys. Yeah, they, they, that's exactly what they rotated, actually. It was 10 total. And all of their bench guys got double-digit minutes. I mean, they did a good job of trying to rotate, keep guys fresh. So... On over to Arkansas side of things, and, and I get it. People are kind of over the Connor Vanover experience. I know uh, Kyle has mentioned that to us. He's 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 really beyond 
the idea of Connor logging any more minutes until he can prove otherwise. And, and I'm there too. He got nine minutes tonight, two points. Those were, um, that's, he ended with two points. He was one of three from the floor. Oh, for one at three point range. But Arkansas, so the first half, I want to say, I want to say in the first several minutes, they were, or the first like five or six minutes, they were shooting something south of like 15%. The way they ended the half, the way that Arkansas ended the half, they made eight of their, of their uh, 10 final shots in the first half. Auburn was up 19 points in this thing. In Arkansas, how they ended that half, it was about getting the right, finding the right chemistry on the floor. Musselman finds it. Auburn blows a 19-point lead. Arkansas goes on an 18-4 to run in the second half, and the rest is history. And you, this started off because of Jalen Williams really uh, fighting for the rebounds. I thought I honestly thought he had a double-double, or was close to it anyways. I thought he had 10 rebounds. He had seven with seven points. He had a steal, two blocks. You you uh, you got more second chance shots, and and this is the difference between this year and last year. But you know the, the offensive rebounding is so much better this year. Your total rebounding is so much better. They out rebounded Auburn by two, thirty six to thirty four total rebounds. Going down the list here, we'll start with the bench, who was huge in this game. I can't say enough about Seals, Devo. Jackson got five minutes on the floor, and the guy had an assist and three points. Knocked down a three. He was one for two, and then that was it. I was a little surprised by that, but again, you, you kind of saw what, what worked there with Devo, Desi, Smith, Moody, on and off, Note and, and Tate. That worked. And I really feel like like this was the night where I thought Connor would would log double digit minutes, maybe 15 20 minutes. He gets 9. Really makes you wonder how many more starts Connor gets. So Arkansas 30 of 65 from the floor that puts him at 46%. They were 26% at three-point range, 4 of 15 at 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 a at a three-point land. 4 of 15. They won this game. Shooting like that, shooting south of twenty-seven percent, eleven of fifteen at the free throw line—that's not great. You know, that's seventy-three percent. But I mean, Auburn south of sixty-seven again, sixteen of twenty-four. I, I just can't say enough about the bench play. I mean, I just can't. Ethan Henderson only got two minutes. A little surprised by that, but again, I mean, Musselman just—I think he just outcoached. Pearl in the second half. All the heat, all of the heat that Muss was taking. And for him to come out and, and out-coach Pearl in the second half and in the final minutes of the first half, you just saw it, man. It was really good to see. I mean, just between two guys, Davis and Seals, who ended up with uh, Davis, Diva, who ended up with 20, the majority of that in the second half, and Seals with, with 32, and again, that's minutes, combined 32 points. Combined four assists, seven rebounds, five uh, defensive, two offensive, both those from Devo. Devo got into foul trouble, and this is something the guy has just got to work on. I'm going to tell you something else that impressed me. I haven't said this all year. My goodness. 
the Arkansas Razorbacks finished at the rim tonight, or at least the best that we've seen. They played better down low in the paint. We saw some putbacks. We saw some dunks. We saw them get it going. Why? Why? Because you have Smith rotating in there, Jalen Williams playing in there pretty well. I mean, look, Connor Vanover, all three of his rebounds, he was playing down low on both ends. Didn't really see him out in the perimeter much. He didn't end up with any offensive rebounds. Justin Smith got you four offensive rebounds. More than than your other starters combined in the same amount as Jalen Williams and Davis the entire game. Four offensive rebounds from, from, from Smith. Like, you were playing so much better down low in the paint. You were finishing at the rim. You had the put-back dunks. It was, I'm telling you, Justin Smith, and I still don't think he's 100%. He ends the night with, uh, with, with five rebounds, two assists, no blocks. He was blocked like twice, I think, but uh, he did end up with 10 points. Really thought either he or or maybe I thought someone would end up with a double double tonight, but wasn't the case. So the SEC, Kentucky goes down again. They fall to three and three. They are just bad. Arkansas now three and four in conference play. So your leaders are are Alabama. It's like Alabama and everybody else. I mean, really. Was this football? Are we talking football? Oh my gosh. Here we go. Bama's going to dominate football, and now they're off to a 7-0 start in basketball. LSU 5-2. Uh, Tennessee 4-2. I don't I don't know what to think of Tennessee. Like, I think the jury's still out on some of these teams. Mizzou's 3-2. 9-2 overall in the year. Bama's 12-3 overall in the year. So, your game's coming up. I mean... This is your this is probably your easiest point in the year. These four games. Well, three games, sorry. Auburn, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss. You got the one on Auburn. That was your toughest game of these three. You're better than Vanderbilt in so many different ways. They're gonna try and knock down some threes. That's what they do. It looks like they're gonna live and die out there this year out on the out on the perimeter. On the 23rd, SEC Network, 12 p.m. Then on the 27th, 7.30 p.m. And then Oklahoma State on the 30th at 3 p.m. No idea on on where you're going to watch it. For the SEC Big 12 matchup. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel pretty good about these next two. I mean, you should realistically, you should win these games. But like I said on the on the post game show last week after the after the Bama loss, after the blowout against Bama, that was back to back blowouts. I said, okay, we have to wipe the slate clean and and start over on fan expectations this year. I still don't think they played great tonight. I don't. Again. <laughs> This is such a crazy year in college basketball. Yes, it's COVID-related. You know, games getting postponed and having to redo your schedules and everything. It's a weird, crazy year. By the way, we don't even know if you're going to get to play Vanderbilt. They've had games postponed. I hope they do. That's right around the corner, man. By the time you guys listen to this. 
So, yeah. You got a chance here to really make some things up. You got a chance to to get things headed in the right direction, get a win streak going. Vanderbilt, Mississippi, and that Auburn game that you already won, 75-73. to Sweeping Auburn, it feels great. You beat them the first time around, 97-85. I'm going to tell you, this is not the same team that went on the road and beat them 97-85. I get it. Cooper wasn't healthy then. He's healthy now. That changes things. He balled out. He looked really good. I believe they were without uh, Justin Powell tonight. That's a guy that averaged, averages 12 points, like six rebounds. Uh, that's that's uh, that's someone who contributes quality minutes, it looks like, for them, and he was out. So I still don't know where this team is. So like I said, I wiped the slate clean. Expectations probably, well, they should. They should come down. I don't know if this team makes the tournament or not. I know what ESPN is saying. I know what they're saying. I, I I don't know because I don't know what to think about Auburn. I know they had won two games, but you look at the two games they won, those were not great games. It's not like they're out here beating Tennessee and LSU and Bama or Florida. So, yeah, Oklahoma State again on the 30th, that's going to be a real test. I feel like we've already had the test. I really do. I think the, the first – Every SEC game that we've played, you go back to that Mizzou game, you lost 81-68. to And again, you go to the LSU and Alabama losses that are blowouts. I kind of feel like we've already had the test. Now it's more about how do they respond the rest of the season. And that test, what it showed us was that, okay, Arkansas has limitations. They have big-time limitations. And they're, they're so obvious. And I've, I've complained about them every single show. It's it's not playing as a cohesive unit on either side. It's perimeter or it's uh, excuse me. It's well perimeter defense has been bad, but it's transition defense. It's not getting back quick enough to get in your place on defense. It's shot selection. It's not finishing at the rim, and it's not playing as a cohesive unit. Musselman having a hard time finding who his five are. Does Musselman take blame for that? Yeah, I mean you can't let him off the hook. I mean. It's also kind of hard to blame the guy too, considering the the what you've lost and what you're working with this year with all these new faces. Some freshmen or a lot are freshmen, and the others are are transfers. Right? The only transfer that everyone's really super familiar with is Connor Vanover, but we we didn't get to see him last year play in real time. We didn't get to see him play in in, in any game. Obviously, he had to set the year out. Right. If only he could have played a year ago, what that would have told us this year with this unit. You wouldn't have to be figuring this stuff out. Am I right? You don't know what you have when you're practicing, and that's all. That's the only time you see Connor. You really don't know what you have until you line him up, put him on the floor against other teams that you, know, you haven't played every day, like you have your own team in practice and what have you. We would already know like what to expect. Musselman would already know. We would kind of we'd have an idea of where he would be on the roster. And I still stand by what I said. He's a great piece on the floor when he stretches when he's able to stretch the floor. But he's just not had quality minutes. And I'm I'm with everyone else who says I'm kind of over the uh the experiment. It's time to move on and figure something else out. And I agree with that. Maybe he can earn his way back on the floor and get quality minutes. I don't know. I mean, he is someone you like. When you've got another team that's got a big that's that's uh, 
close to him in size, you like being able to match him up with that individual, but if they got any muscle behind him, he's in trouble. He gets pushed around too easily. You know, I mean, he just gets pushed around entirely too easy. He does force you to alter your shot underneath, but that hasn't been a problem for opponents. They they alter their shots just fine over Connor. I've seen him get out hustled for rebounds too a couple times, you know, what few minutes he logs. So Okay. I again I do like Arkansas's odds against Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. Vanderbilt on the road again, twenty third at twelve PM on SCC Network, unless that changes. Moving on to football. So <laughs> oh boy. Back to Tennessee here really quick. Four players so far have entered the transfer portal since Pruitt was uh fired in the in the uh after the internal investigation, I still there's just so much there we don't know about it. And I I hope one day, as much as I would love to know every single detail that happened after Petrino, after the incident with the bike and the blonde, I would absolutely love to know what's going on with Pruitt at Tennessee. This is unprecedented, man. I mean, they do this this inside investigation and it's the cheating is so sloppy they fired uh Brian Niedermeyer and and, and Shelton Felton <laughs> that's that dude's actual name <laughs> oh his mama must have hated him that must have been a tough pregnancy or something Shelton Felton <laughs> Can't even. <laughs> they were fired along with Pruitt and four volunteers. Are uh, isn't it nice to to see this happen somewhere else? I mean, just just take it in for a second. Like at Arkansas, this almost feels like yeah, I totally ex- would expect something like this to happen. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood that doesn't happen anytime soon. It can happen anywhere, people. And not that Tennessee's a powerhouse program. Look, we knew something was up when they were... When, I think I said it here. If I didn't say it here, I said it on the PTN post or on uh, the Pig Trail Network YouTube channel. There's something fishy going on. They don't recruit to that level. That's not who they are. Unless it was like 1999 when I was a, a sophomore in high school in Fayetteville. I mean, come on. Henry... Their linebacker, Henry Toto, I think it's Toto. He's a former All-SEC freshman. Started in 22 games. He's out. He's transferring. He's in the portal. I would love to get him. Right? Running back, Eric Gray, linebacker. I think it's Cuvaris Crouch. It's spelled Q-U-A-V-A-R-I-S. Cuvaris Crouch and offensive lineman, Jameer Johnson. They're all four in the portal. So... I guess really the question is, can Arkansas land any of these guys? You can't forget about the Tennessee three out of uh, Whitehaven. Do they stick around? I'm talking about Ely, French, and McDonald. And if if you remember, their recruiting process was was all over the place. I think there was there was a possibility of some wrongdoing by these players when they were on campus. I, I don't quote me on that. 
it seems like a lifetime ago when you when you do as much content as we do it seems like a lifetime ago you kind of forget like what happened during their visit but I, there was some kind of drama i don't know but they went home and and uh there was there were some issues with uh, McDonald, the safety, who by the way played this year, had uh, eleven tackles. He missed most of the year because of an injury. Then he comes back and he has eleven tackles and a couple pass breakups. Uh, seems like a pretty quality player, you know, especially with all that bought and paid for talent for him to come in and and get some playing time like that. But yeah, McDonald, there was some issues about him getting offered at Arkansas and, and I can remember fans were upset that Arkansas hadn't offered him sooner or, you know, a lot of drama there, but you wonder if, if, if they, if any of those guys hit the transfer portal, does Arkansas have a shot? Arkansas was in on all three of those guys. And it looked like, I mean, a lot of people were predicting Arkansas to get all three of them to get all three Ely French and McDonald. Bada, ba, 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 Tennessee strikes. On top of the whatever happened, if there's any truth to what happened when they were on campus, I don't know. I mean, that could have been a rumor that started on a board. and it, You know how it goes. Sometimes it just catches heat, and, it, and then it catches like wildfire, and then everybody believes it. I don't know. I, you know, I never I – never, I don't know if that ever got verified or not by anybody. But Tennessee hit pretty hard, and it's going to take them a little bit of time to recover. I mean, this is going to be tough for Tennessee. I feel bad for anybody taking over. Like, you know, their fans over there, I don't – I think all fans are delirious. Look, I think they're all delirious. People love to talk about Arkansas fans being delirious. Are you kidding me? How many times have we heard John Gruden's going to Tennessee? I mean, really, how many times have we heard that? Doesn't look like Hugh Freeze is going to take the job. There's all kinds of rumors about that. Maybe the SEC is getting involved. They don't want him back in. I think if that is true, I got to hope that's true. I don't want him back in the SEC. Unless it's at Arkansas. <laughs> I kid. I kid. Come on. I'm just joking. Uh, Toto, Tutu, Teoto. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. I'm sorry. He's a sophomore. Started in all 10 games. Led them with 76 tackles, 10 tackles for loss. Again, he was a former four-star prospect. He had all kinds of offers. (laughs) I mean, he chose Tennessee over Bama, Utah, USC, and Washington. Crouch is a sophomore from North Carolina. He also started every game this past season, finished third on the team with tackles, 57 total. And then Gray, a sophomore running back out of Memphis, emerged as one of Tennessee's best backs in 2020, ranking sixth in the SEC in rushing yards per game. Uh, almost 86 yards a game and sixth, uh, sixth in yards from scrimmage at 114. Johnson is a redshirt senior who's going to have one year of eligibility left. So, yeah, does Arkansas pounce on these guys? I hope they do. Like I said, keep an eye on those three, the White Haven three that I mentioned. Be great. I mean, I, I would take them in a heartbeat. You make some room for linebackers, especially, you know, French and Ely. Any day of the week. Any day of the week. All right. Also, the last thing we'll 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 say this. I'll end it on this. Arkansas baseball schedule is out. A lot of people are digging it. 
I look, I'm just I am ready for baseball. I wish we could fill that thing to capacity. It's not going to be the same. I don't know the actually I have not seen what they're going to do this year as far as capacity. I'm sure it's going to be similar to Bud Walton. You know, like <laughs> something ridiculous. We're going to allow five fans to come in. I mean, that place, bomb. You got to have I mean, you're going to hear the crowd even if you got 50 people. 50 people in that place are probably going to It's just like Bud just like Bud Walton. It's going to sound ridiculous, and it's going to look gorgeous no matter how many fans are there, but it always looks better when it's filled up to capacity. And, and I think there's going to be some pretty good games in Fayetteville. So if you want to check that schedule out, you can uh, you can go to our Hog Talk page, scroll down. It's down there somewhere. Or you could just visit the uh, university's website and click on the baseball schedule from there and check it out. Take a look. Baseball team should be pretty good this year. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be really, really exciting. Okay, well, that's going to do it. Thank you guys so much for for downloading and listening. Like I said, remember to rate and review the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Feel free to leave us us a uh, written review. That'd be awesome as well. Okay, Kenoy Kennedy coming up next here on the Hog Talk Podcast. Stick around. Woo pig. With American National, you get a dedicated agent who will help you make well-informed decisions about protecting your lifestyle. Call us today for a free review of your commercial, home, and auto policies, or to learn more about our customizable farm and ranch insurance. Let the Atkins Agency be your agency of choice. You can visit us on the web at theatkinsagency.com, call us at 501-428-0877, or connect with us through Facebook. Go Hogs! Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. The Hawk Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handyman. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. We're back on episode number 158 of the Hog Talk podcast. Now joining me on the Workman's Travel Center hotline is former Razorback and NFL safety, Kanoi Kennedy. Kanoi, I really appreciate you joining me tonight, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, no no doubt, man. So what are you up to these days? I know you are uh, you grew up in Terrell, Texas, about 30 miles east of Dallas, and I assume you ended up back there after your career? Yeah, I did. Actually, um, uh, while I was still playing in um, – Detroit. Um, I just sold my house in uh, in Denver, and then uh, we bought a house in uh, Detroit. And then uh, uh, when I was uh, we would come home, uh, my wife and I we were high school sweethearts, so I uh, we would stay with her mom every time we would we would come home. And uh, she still had a bed that she grew up in, so it was a twin size bed. And you can imagine me, I'm I'm six one, you know, I was two fifteen at the time, six one two fifteen, and my wife and I sleeping in a twin bed and i was like this is not gonna work so uh we end up buying, <laughs> buying a house here uh back which is the next little town over which is forney texas which is you know probably 
from my house to get to where I grew up probably takes me 10 minutes. Uh, so we end up buying a house here um, and then, uh, you know, still in the same spot. Man, there's been a lot of Razorbacks. I mean, I know there's a couple of current ones, Trey Flowers and Frank Ragnow, but there's been quite a few Razorbacks that have either at least signed with the Dol- with, with the Dolphins, with the Lions, or played like yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's, you know, it's uh, I mean, it's, it's one of those deals, man, where, you know, uh, I don't think a team necessarily uh, recruits or, or try to sign guys because they played at a school. It's just one of those things that kind of happens. You know, it, it comes down to what is needed on the team and, you know, who's available, who's a free agent, who's not, you know, so it's one of those deals, man. But uh, and then, you know, I think some of the some of the GMs and all that now, those the GMs and those type of guys, they they kind of have a favorite, you know, they know what kind of school puts out what type of players. So, you know, those and then, you know, and then whether they sign or not, that's that's kind of just a look of the draw there. Now, when you were playing for Detroit, that was at the back end of Matt Millen's career, correct? I know that there was, uh, you know, some interesting things that happened at, at, during his time there. That was right at the end, I guess, right before there. That was you. You were on the team the year before they went zero and sixteen, right? Yeah, right. What, what was what was yeah, it so, like? You know, Matt Millen. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to ask you to poo-poo on anybody, but you know Matt Millen definitely in the public eye doesn't have the greatest reputation. What was the what was the I guess locker room atmosphere or just the the team chemistry like at that time, and the, not just on the field, but you know, and again, you don't have to go into extreme details, but I can imagine it was a sort of a toxic environment. Well, you know what? Believe it or not, uh, I mean Detroit was good, man. You know we. Uh, the uh, you know John Kittner was there. Now my first year with uh, with uh, Joey Arrington was there when I when I first got there. But I mean, uh, the guys, man, the atmosphere was 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 awesome, man. We would have Bible study, you know, uh, once a week. Guys would get together, man. You believe it or not, man, it was it was close to probably a third of the team that would come to Bible studies, man. And uh, especially when John Kittner came, uh, man. So you know, uh, family and uh, the family atmosphere was really there. So guys, you know, were, you know, together on the same page in that sense. But, you know, it was just something about <laughs> being there, man. And, you know, we started out uh, the year before that, uh, I can't, don't quote me on this year, but one year we started out 8-0. and um, And then we ended up losing the next eight games and we finished the season 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, So it was just something about, man, the <laughs> putting on that line uniform. It was like, man, I don't know what happened. You know, the bottom just fell out. So, uh, but I mean, you know, with, with Matt, you know, I, I, I didn't have any problems with Matt. You know, Matt was a, you know, for me, he was a, you know, he tended to, you know, seemed to be like a straight up guy. Um, you know, he really fought hard for me to get there. Uh, but, you know, uh, and I, and I told him the year that they released me, they told me, he's like, you know, I was out, um, with my family, I was in my hometown. So we was out eating, you know, took my family out. So my, my position coach called me. He was like, hey, hey, Kano, I really respect you. I love the way you play. Uh, but I just wanted to call you and give you a heads up that uh, uh, they're going to release you. I was like, you know what? And, you know, and I was I was fine with it. I was like, well, you know, I, sh- I appreciate you. I appreciate you, you know, reaching out to me. And so probably 10 minutes after that, Matt Millen called me. He was like, hey, Kanoi, uh, you know, love your game. You know, love the way you play. If we had 21 other guys like you, um, we wouldn't lose a game. And I was like, okay, but you're releasing me, right? He was like, well, uh, if we can work something out 
with you and your agent, we'll love to have you back. So, you know, they signed me into a nice little deal, but you know, it was all about, it came down to the money. So they really didn't want to pay me more money, but they want to get me for cheaper. So, you know, I was, you know, I, I really didn't live a lavish lifestyle. So I had been saving money. We had been investing uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I said, you know what? I appreciate it, but uh, I'm good. Thank you for everything. And I hung up with him and that's the last thing I said to him. So, you know, uh, and then I uh, got a call from an agent and it was like, Hey, uh, the Jets want to sign you, uh, born you past fiscal. And I told him, I said, man, you know what? I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm done. He was like, what? So yeah, I'm done, man. So I walked away from the game. My wife wasn't happy because she loved New York and, you know, she had a friend in New York, so she wanted to go up there, but, uh, you know, it all worked out. And if I remember correctly, if you would have signed with the Jets, you would have played with it. Was David Barrett still there at that time? Yeah. David so y'all, yeah, y'all would have joined up again. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, you know what? I don't, I think at the time he was in, uh, Arizona. Okay. He went over to the Jets, if I'm not mistaken. I knew it was around that time. Yeah, that was around the time that I was going in, going from high school into college, and I remember him playing there. And so, yeah, it would have been, would have been cool to to be in the same yeah, defensive backfield that again. Awesome. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Hindsight, I was twenty twenty, but that'd have been nice, man. Well, let's go back to to when you know you're growing up in Terrell, Texas, and I always is is it Terrell or Terrell? I I know I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Terrell. Terrell. Okay, so I had it yep, right. Terrell. It's very, very uh-huh. few times that I actually have pronunciations right on the first time. But we've had Coach Nutt on the show before. We had him back uh, almost a year ago, and we've had former Coach Nutt players on. And one of the things that I always ask now, I've I've met Coach Nutt many, many times, and you know, throughout my childhood, um, throughout as an adult, and obviously one of the the greatest guys you'll meet, and, and a very, very uh, funny guy. He's he loves to have a good time. He's very energetic. One of the most motivating coaches you'll ever find. I always ask, what was your first impression of Coach Nutt, whether it was a recruiting phone call or whether he came to your school? What was your first impression of him? Well, you know, I was uh, a – it was my junior year. Uh, and then um, that's when uh, Danny Ford just got fired. And so uh, they hired Houston, and he came in, you know. So, you know, we're, you know, uh, looking to turn the program around, and, and he, here he comes, and it was like – Man, this guy's so full of energy that this can't be real. You know, it's like, okay, well, he he's excited about the job. You know, he's uh, you know, he's gonna say all the right things. He's saying all the right things, but you know, um, but man, once you got this, you being around him every day and realizing, like, man, I don't know where he's getting his energy from, and everything he says is is, you know, he's backing it up, and he brought in any um, story. He he came in and. You know, when uh, practice was over, guys were so used to doing the workouts, take a shower, and go about your business. But when he came in, he was like, hey, guys, you, you know, no guys are hanging around. You know, first thing, first opportunity to leave the building, you guys are scabbing from here. So he brought in a basketball goal. Man, he brought in, he built a, uh, uh, like a little uh, game room that we never had. And so guys started hanging around, and that kind of built that family atmosphere. And then uh, – we started getting, we, you know, we, you know, guys from playing with them, but you don't really hang around, around them off the field, but it kind of built that family atmosphere and man, you know, the rest is history. Or some other schools you were looking at. I mean, obviously uh, made a great decision coming to Arkansas, had an incredible career there, played on some great defenses, but what were some other schools that were on you hard that you were really looking at? I, um, I took visits to uh, Kansas, 
uh, went, took a visit to AM. I took a visit to Louisiana Tech, but I was getting recruited by, uh, you know, uh, Texas, uh, Texas Tech. I, oh, I went to Tech too, Texas Tech. Um, but I, uh, I, I think I ended up maxing all my business out. Uh, but um, every school recruited me as a receiver except for Arkansas. So I was, I was a better receiver than I was a defensive player. Uh, but I was just so aggressive, uh, even at the receiver position. You know, in high school, I was 6'1", 185. So, I, you know, that was pretty big for a receiver back in high school, especially back in the, in the 90s. Uh, but, yeah, so, I, you know, doing that. Um, and Jim Washburn was the coach who recruited me in Arkansas. He was like, look, we don't want you to play de- uh, offense. We just want you to play defense. And we probably will move you to, end up moving you to safety. Um, and so uh, – it worked out for me, so that that was good. And you were a part of the '99 team that had not just what was one of the, two of the greatest moments in Razorback history, at least for my generation. Of course, getting the revenge over Tennessee with the exact same score, just flip flopped in 1999, and then at the end of the year, you guys started off a millennium, beating the Texas Longhorns in the Cotton Bowl, thrashing the Texas Longhorns in the Cotton Bowl. And I know you had mentioned this on the morning rush when you were on with Tommy and Ty, but I just wanted to reiterate it because I just love – I want to hear you say it again, just what it meant to you as a, a guy who grew up in Texas and there was other Texas players on that team to be able to do that at that stage that was the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Day. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it meant everything to us. And, you know, when we found out that we were uh, we were playing Texas, um, man, you know, I, you know the, the excitement – and the uh, preparation kind of kind of went up a level. You know, we played some great teams, but at the same time, when you play, you know, the Longhorns, and especially, you know, I ended up getting recruited by the Longhorns. And uh, uh, long story short, about that, you know, uh, my dad went to UT, and so I grew up. I grew up being a Longhorn fan, and then uh, to get that first letter from him, I was excited. You know, and I don't want my Razorback fans to hold this against me, but, you know, I'm trying to tell the history yeah. <laughs> about it. But at the same time, I grew up being a Longhorn fan, and then um, they recruited me hard, and then they fell off. But uh, Coach Washburn stayed strong, and then uh, they came back strong at the end, and I told him, I was like, look, you know, I got this coach from, you know, Arkansas that's been recruiting me hard. He was like, well, you know uh, – we saw excitement from you, so we thought we had you. I was like, no, 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 that's not how it worked. So, uh, and I told him, he was actually at my school, came, uh, the, the coach from Texas was at the school when I told him this. He came there for a visit, and I was like, well, yeah, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm leaving towards Arkansas, so you guys not even in the mix. So he got up, I mean, he kind of stormed out the door. He was mad, you know, I, you know, I guess because they, they really wanted me, but, you know, kind of fell off, man, so. Um, and then, so, you know, for all of that to happen and then, like I say, you know, my, uh, my girlfriend, which is my wife now, she, uh, she went, she was going to UT at the time, uh, when we played them. So it was, that was a little more motivation to beat up on her school. And I mean, you know, um, uh, and then just knowing the, the, the history of the Arkansas versus Texas back from the, the uh, Southwestern conference days, man, that, that meant a lot to us. And let's go back to your recruiting. So, you you know, like the way it is today with very big on Twitter announcing where, where you're going to go if somebody decommits, that's the first place that they go to. Now, it's it really is crazy that it's it, – I guess you were, you were getting recruited, you said, around 1997, 1998. 
that really just doesn't seem that long ago. But to, even just to, when I was in high school, 12, 13 years ago, all we had was Facebook. So we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Instagram. How much different – I know that you uh, that you have some – I'm not sure of their ages. I know we had kind of talked about that you had a son um, that plays football. But how, how different is it now, like, compared to just from a per- – I mean, we know how it is, like, from the general public. But just from the outside looking in from your standpoint, like, how, how much different is it now compared to then? Um, you know, everything now is, uh, you know, in the, the digital world, the, uh, uh, you gotta have a cell phone signal to, to know somebody <laughs> <laughs> nowadays. Now, back then you had to have a, uh, 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 post, uh, mailbox and a postal address and all that kind of stuff, man. So everything was through the mail. Um, uh, and so, uh, no, it's, it's really different. My son, he's a, uh, my oldest son, he's a, a sophomore now. So. He actually got a uh, an email from a coach from a uh, small D two school. He, he came and was like, "Hey, Dad, what is what is this?" So he was all excited. So you know, I'm, I'm reading the uh, the uh, email, and it was kind of one of those general emails about, I guess, one of these coaches trying to get you know some followers on Twitter. I was like, "Man, he's just trying to get you to follow him on Twitter. This is nothing. <laughs> this is nothing real." So I said, he, "Every kid in the nation probably got that same uh, email." So. He just sent out a Twitter, uh, Twitter blast trying to get you some, get his follow game up. So, you know, I'm trying to teach him the game about, hey man, you know, know, know what's real. Uh, and I and I always tell him uh, the best way to get recruited is to put good stuff on film. It don't matter uh, where you are. If you're a player and you got good stuff on film, coaches will find you. Uh, and a coach may come to be looking at me, but when they see somebody else keep showing up making plays, they'll ask the coach, well, who is this guy? Or, you know, they'll go find out who that guy, the other guy um, that's on film making all the plays. And so that's that's how it goes. And I tell them, you know, uh, the eye in the sky don't lie. And that's what the, you know, that's how I was taught. You know, the eye in the sky don't lie, which means uh, even when you don't think nobody's watching, that camera's always recorded. And so, uh, you know, never take a lazy step, never, you know, Never take a lazy play. Don't don't take a playoff, and uh, good things that happen for you. What do you think about the defensive back, or especially at least the safety position, Mount Rushmore for the Razorbacks? You think of Steve Atwater, you think of Ken Hamill, you think of yourself, and I would already personally put Jalen Catalan in that fourth spot as maybe one of the greatest that I've maybe the greatest that I saw in college football just this year from my personal standpoint. But you know, as we saw that. There were some interesting calls on him this year, and the way that safety has that it seems like it's one of the toughest positions right now. The way that you have to position yourself to play it—I mean, it's almost like you just have to barely touch somebody. Is it probably the hardest position to play right now with the way that these targeting imp- rules have been implemented? Yeah, I mean, I think any any position in the defensive backfield—well, you know, linebackers too—but I mean. Uh, and, you know, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, player safety. And I was telling somebody else, you know, there is life after football. Uh, but you also know what you're getting into when you sign up to play football. Um, so, I mean, and it's a fine line between uh, uh, being aggressive and being dirty. Uh, and um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. You know, uh, there's no way <laughs> that I would have made it in today's game. Yeah. No way at all. Uh, no way. So I would have to, uh, 
man, I guess probably had to gain a couple more pounds and put my hand in the dirt. I, I don't think uh, that you can or Steve, not because <laughs> not because of lack of talent. Just like you said, you guys were bone crushing hitters, and that's just and you didn't have you weren't doing it maliciously. That's just how you played. That's how Jalen plays, and you're. You know, I mean, and that's how that's how I was taught. You know, I was I was taught I was taught like that. You know, I had a high school coach, and I always say, you know, hit him in the mouth, and that's yeah. what that's what I knew. No, hit him in the mouth. See what you hit. Hit him in the mouth, and that's what I that's what I did. And uh, you know, but you know, it was also legal back then. So the games change. The game changes, and the game has changed. So you know, the game changed from when back in the the fifties, sixties, where you can come across somebody here with a forearm and all of that kind of stuff and knock teeth out. Uh, to where you know when I played, uh, you know, the nineties, two thousands. Uh, and then it's, it's changed again from to where we are in the you know the 2000, 2020 um, game where you know uh, you know anything to do up high is is no longer uh, acceptable. Uh, so I think um, man, it's, it's 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 a fine line, and you 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 can't, you start seeing guys start to go low, and I I start worried about guys' knees and blowing out knees and that kind of things nowadays. So um, it's a it's a fine line. And Knorr, before we let you get out of here, man, I wanted to talk about this year's uh, football season. Now, of course, the the three and seven record it may not be the sexiest thing in the world, but Razorback fans, former players, just anybody associated with the program can definitely see the change from the previous tenure to the current one. And you know, the defense started off really, really well, dropped off there at the end, but. What does it mean to you as a player that played on successful teams, that played on successful defenses, to see this program at a respectable level, especially at a national standpoint, as opposed to a laughing stock? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 um, I get it. You know, uh, my first two years wasn't the best two years, but you know, we we also won a couple games, also. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, when people uh, talk about having rebuilding years, I, you know, I necessarily personally don't believe in rebuilding years when you get a new coach, because with a new coach comes a new vibe with a new, new, uh, new attitude because we was there. And I can't remember how many games we won. I don't know who went four and six or six and four back in, uh, 96, 97, four and seven, same four. And, okay. See yeah. that I was all the way wrong. Then. So, <laughs> No, you had it right. I think well, you were just you know you were you were right on track. I just happened to remember that when I was seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so that next year, uh, same with the same with the same guys, just a new coach, a new attitude. You know, we come out and win eight games in a row, and you know lose that game to to Tennessee uh, that year. Uh, but that kind of was the turnaround point for the for the program. And so uh, sometimes you just need to just. Sometimes when that when that old lighter don't work, you get a new lighter, and uh, don't say these these matches still work. You just need a new lighter, you know. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's one of those deals, man. You get in there and put a fire on these guys, man, and you know, uh, you can turn some things around. Yeah, that's definitely what it took. You know, that's what Coach Nutt did in the first year, and just man, uh, you know, like that's one thing that and anyone that uh, that played for him that we've had on here, especially the ones that started in his first year, just said, you know, we were we had Anthony Lucas on 
back at the beginning of football season, he just said we were a bunch of guys that were talented, but we were just not really together. And that's kind of what Coach Nutt did, and I feel that, that Coach Pittman has done that too. I'm really excited about uh, what he has to bring. And Well, Kanoi, it's been great talking yes, with you, man. I uh, always love visiting with, with the Coach Nutt players, especially the early ones, because that was that you, were the, you guys were the ones that I looked up to as a kid. And so uh, it's been an honor talking with you, man, and uh, definitely look forward to catching up with you down the road. No doubt. I appreciate it, Cal. Well, that will do it for episode number 158 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. For Kenoy Kennedy, my name is Kyle Sutherland. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.